0: Everybody. you got Dave here at Pose the Matrix. How are you today? I'm doing great. Um, took a nice little road trip today to see one of the grandsons, um, who's going to be heading off to college pretty soon. And uh, oh, that was just a really pleasant time. Got to eat out and stuff like that. And um, pardon me, i got to try to get this mic all set up. Hello? Okay, we're good. All right. So um, I've been reading a lot of material, and um, one of the things I've been reading is, uh, well, I, I told you that I wrote, um, read uh, a couple of David Jacobs books. One of them is called The Threat, and the other one is called Walking Among Us. And David Jacobs presents a compelling evidence that, um, that uh, these beings that are abducting people in UFOs are um, are not benevolent; they're malevolent, meaning that they have ulterior motives that aren't going to work out for me or you, um, but for themselves. They're self-absorbed, self-seeking entities, and um, if you know anything of what I've been talking about for a while, I, I'm convinced that they're the fallen angels. Okay um you know bill schnoblin i don't know if you ever heard of bill schnoblin but bill schnoblin was um he has quite of a history in his life of uh, being part of different um organizations before he came to faith in yeshua that is he um he was a mormon he was a witch he was a satanist he was you know you name it he was it and um anything bad that is that's what he was and uh you know, I always had a hard time reconciling that. Um, how how do you get so many things in a life of maybe 40 years? You know. But you know, here's the deal. When the when the enemy wants you on his side and he wants you dedicated to him, he'll he'll escalate and elevate you in ways that um, serve his purpose. And I do believe that the enemy thought that Bill Snowblin was a um, a willing participant and was going to go all the way um, with the devil but uh, Yeshua had other had other plans and um, Bill got gloriously saved and he's saved to this day well once saved always saved he's always going to be saved so um, that's what I believe anyway and that's what I believe scripture points out but um, so he has this theory and I think he, he's on to something because he was talking about, you know, the fact that there's so many different um, kinds of, uh, here, i got to work on this, folks, I'm sorry. He said there's so many different kinds of aliens that, you know, you have your insect, insectoids, you have your, okay, there we go. You have your insectoids, let's do it this way, okay, you have your greys, you have your nordics, you have your, um, uh, Palladian oh well, Nordics are palladians but there's there's several different ones there's different degrees of, of grays and stuff like that so <clears throat> pardon me um, so his theory is that um, as the as the fallen angels become wickeder and or more wicked and more wicked um, that they they kind of decay in appearance and um, and that's why you have Uh, You know, you go from the Nordics, which are kind of blonde haired, blue eyed uh, supermodels, so to speak, looking supermodel looking people. Um, Then you have the greys, which are kind of weird, humanoid looking creatures. Um, Then you have the mantises or these insectoids that look like praying mantises. Okay, so you, you have, a, you know, you're going from here to here to here. And um, if you ever read about these beings, um, like David Jacobs was talking about, and, and other authors, um, the insectoids are the the cruelest of the three or four kinds that there are. And then there's the greys that are um, some can be cruel or not, but don't don't be fooled that they're probably all cruel. But some of them, like good cop, bad cop, some of them are good at um, at hiding their their evilness. Let's put it that way. And then the Palladians or the, um, the Nordics, you know, they're, they're supposed to be the good guys. Uh, David Jacobs doesn't talk about the Nordics too much. Um, uh, they don't come out too much in the, um, the hypnosis that he has, that he does on uh, some abductees. But well, we know about the Nordics from other things. Um, even the Betty and Barney Hill had a, had a Nordic on there, um, on that ship. But so don't be fooled. They're all evil. Okay. Now. I've been reading a book called, uh, the Dulcie book and it's put out by some man named Branston. Yeah. Branston. Okay. And, uh, it's cool. I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. Okay. This book is quite extensive. Okay. It's, um, it's got roughly 34 chapters and, uh, and a lot of them are long chapters. So you have your four-year introduction, The Octopus, Black Projects, and the Dulce facility, High Strangeness, and the Oculeta um, Plateau, and that's where Dulce is in New Mexico, um, right by the um, Colorado border. I almost said Canadian. <laughs> um, okay, and then you go to Dulce, New Mexico, and a cosmic conspiracy. Dulce, New Mexico, and the Nazi connection. Report from a Japanese television crew, Cosmic Trip Top Secrets, and the Dulce Base, and it goes on and on and on. And um, this is a good work, except you have to be careful because the guy mixes in scripture with it, but he also uh, asserts that these beings come from uh, other star systems. I don't believe that. Okay? I believe they come from another dimension right here on Earth, or maybe close to Earth or in outer space or close to Earth, but. Uh, maybe in our solar system. And uh, so anyway, um, it's a good work, but this with David Jacobs' book is is a little bit scary. Um, Now, I'm not going to say that I'm scared because I I have Yeshua as my Savior, and, you know, he in the end he wins. And um, so, uh, but this guy talks, you know, he talks about what was seen at the the Dulce base that has uh, six or seven levels. One of them was called the, uh, the horror level or something like that. And that's where all the um, human slaves are and stuff like that. They're being experimented on and, and uh, used for food. Yes, I said used for food um, by the greys mostly. Um, and uh, so, I know that's kind of gross, huh? <laughs> but um, so he goes in it some of it's, of disturbing actually when you read it. But you know, when you think about who the author of all this is, you know, the the um the fallen angel, the fallen cherub, Lucifer, uh yeah, also known as Satan, you yeah, know, I don't think he holds back anything when it comes to being evil. But um so I think it's um important to realize that uh you know, when you're reading through this stuff, some of it's true and some of it isn't. Um or that some of it's distorted, and if the man claims to be a believer, but he believes these things come from other star systems, well, you got to take that with a grain of salt. But um, one of the things that I, I read in here, and I don't know what chapter it's in, believe me, but uh, they were talking about uh, astral travel. Some of you know it as astral travel. There was uh, out-of-body um, travel, OBT. Um, and supposedly this one guy was commissioned by one of these government agencies here (laughs) and uh he was i'm going to go back to the other view he was um commissioned by them to astral travel to um one of the star systems that these beings so you know he he went in and he um he kind of channeled into one of the graves and and that channeled into a higher gray and that traveled channeled into a or traveled i should say um into the realm of uh, an insect, insect, and that, and it just kept going up the ladder. And he said that with each progression, uh, the paranoia in that in that place was uh, magnified, and that each being didn't trust the other one. And, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, total, total paranoia, and, uh, kind of like the Soviet Union and the purges and everything, you know, and, uh, uh even, you know, I, I guess that's happening in our country nowadays too, but. Um, you know, that there's no trust, um, there's no mo- honor among thieves, so to speak, and there's no honor among um, this deceivers, uh, for on a cosmic level. And he said that he finally got to this one area where there's this like a supreme being, and uh, and he had other uh, beings that were kind of on the same level, but not quite as high, and uh. And this being kind of zoned in on him and realized that, you know, there was an intruder in the room, so to speak. And and when he went, he said he snapped back into his body, and when he got back there, he could sense that this thing was in the room, and it was kind of scanning the room, and he said it left, and he said he can only figure that maybe this thing saw him as so insignificant it wasn't even going to bother with him, okay? Uh, I think he got off pretty pretty lucky, actually, um, because of it was Lucifer. Um, and that's pretty, that's pretty high up there. It's all the way up there in the evil empire. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that was real interesting, but anyway, that book is full of stuff like that. It's, it's very interesting. And, uh, and a lot of it matches with what David Jacobs was saying that these things are creating, uh, hubrids. He even used the term hubrids in one of the chapters and, uh, and that these beings are, are being placed in the society to basically slowly but surely edge humanity out and take over and you know if you look at scripture and you, you see that well first of all you see at the end you see all these, these armies and stuff getting ready to battle against Yeshua you know who's returning the king of kings, the lord of lords who's going to slay them all with his mouth and they, they, they're they so crazy that they decide that they, they think that they can take him on well that could quite possibly be a, an army of hubris Maybe they just infiltrate all the, the nations of the earth and, and subdue mankind. And, um, you know, even, even Yeshua said that when he returns, you know, it's, he's going to have to return early because um, if he didn't, no flesh would survive. And maybe that flesh is talking about humanity, not, not necessarily the evil beings, because uh, the evil beings are hybrids. They're, um, they're not human Uh, Yeshua came to save humanity and mankind. He didn't come to save Hubrids. He didn't come to save Nephilim. Uh, Scripture is quite clear that Yeshua is a kinsman redeemer, and he came here to die for mankind. Uh, So anyway, um, but, you know, we're also told to preach the gospel to every creature. Well, maybe that's so, but when we preach to the Hubrids, they're not going to accept it, of course, uh, but they can never use the excuse that they were never told, Okay. I could see them trying to pull that when they get get around the uh, the Great White Throne Judgment. Say, so, oh, you know what? Nobody ever told me, so you got to let me in. Um, anyway, I think they're they're endowed with some kind of uh, uh, knowledge of who Yahweh is. Anyway, but uh, the thing is that these these beings are supposedly uh, they can read read the mind of the you know normal everyday human. Uh, they can be tricked. They can be fooled, according to David Jacobs. Um by, by thinking ridiculous thoughts. You know, I, I always thought about, you know, that you ever see Robbie the robot and lost in space? I'm going way back in time here. But he was another robot and he had these two little things on the side, they were like antennae. And uh, you know, he had all these gears and stuff in this bubble of a head that he had. And um when he would get confused, you know, you could just see all the things going and sparks going in the in the through the glass and stuff. Um so I often thought that, you know, if these things can be confused, when, when and if you ever run into one of them, all you got to do is think ridiculous thoughts, you know, um, you know, like a slimy lizard crawling through the hole of a bagel, and, and, um, you know, you could just go on with all these crazy stories, and then it would just cause them to short circuit. And um, I don't know. Or, or you know, I think the ultimate thing would be to preach the gospel to them. Um, they're going to reject it, and they're going to leave you alone, most likely. And uh, it's funny with all these beings that that manifest to mankind, um, as we saw when Gordy Tong showed us that one video, that uh, they would appear, but when the person mentioned the name of Jesus, they would just disappear. Um, and that's what my whole book uh, on Holy Communion was about, and that the name of Jesus chases these things away. And it works. I can personally attest to that. Okay? Um, so anyway, um, so we talked about David Jacobs in and this. And, and so my personal belief is that the Antichrist is going to be a, a human hybrid. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that when the world's in real bad shape that he shows up in a UFO and says that he can solve everything. Society is being prepped for that. It's been prepped for that since the 1950s. Um, the day mm-hmm. the earth stood still you know, Klaatu comes down and he wants to talk to mankind and get them straightened out so that they get on the right path. And at the end, it's like, Hey, if you guys don't straighten out um, and join us, uh, we're going to reduce this earth to a cinder. And uh, so that, that theme has, has been current, current and, you know, has flowed through the whole last 50, 60, 70 years. And um, so I think that's, that's important to keep in mind that these things are going to come. And, and then, Okay, so we have the Antichrist, okay? And scripture refers to him as the man of perdition, okay? That refers to him as the lawless one and everything else. Um, It's in, in perdition here. I am actually, let's just do a little word study here, okay? Oops, I thought I had perdition in here, but perdition means destined for Destined for bad, um, born bad, born with a purpose to be bad, supposedly, and and unre- unredeemable. And uh, I shall minimize this for right now. But anyway, um, okay. So, uh, so any crisis is a man of perdition. Are there any other men of perdition? Uh, Judas was born to perdition. Let's, while I'm at it, why don't we just go here? And get these uh, scriptures out of the way okay let's do this first come on okay there we go okay so let's um, okay we'll come back to that John 17 when I was with them in the world I kept them in thy name those that thou gavest to me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So Judas was destined to be bad. He was destined to have a purpose of evil, um, to basically turn over Yeshua to the, um, first the, uh, the Jewish, uh, priests and then, uh, to Rome. That's ultimately where he went, um, Yeshua did, um. So he was born for a specific purpose and solely Antichrist. And let's see. Let's go there. Okay. Now, there was, um, you've heard talk about the rapture, I'm sure, and, and everything. And uh, I really don't want to get into that. But um, the Thessalonians, um, the Church of Thessalonica, was having a problem because somebody had sent them a letter saying that the rapture already happened and they were just freaking out about it. So Paul heard about this and he sent a letter to them. You know, it's too bad Paul didn't have email (laughs) because it would have gotten there a lot quicker. Um, But anyway, I I digress. And he says uh, in uh, 2.1, 2 Thessalonians 2.1, Now we beseech thee or we ask you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord, jesus christ and by the gathering together unto him that she not be soon shaken in mind or troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as the day of christ is at hand okay so evidently the letter was um was was a counterfeit and it was sent to them in the name of paul um, let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except that there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Oh, we got another son of perdition. So anyway, uh, so that's what the, um, the AKA antichrist is going to be. And it goes on who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or all that is worship, all that is called God. So he's going to exalt himself, um, probably against the three monotheistic, uh, religions, um, even though Islam does serve a different God, it is it is called God. I'm going to call it it. Um, okay. Okay. So remember, not. Let's see, I didn't finish that one. Okay. All's called God, or is that wor- or that is worship? So that um, as God, He sitteth in the temple of God, showing Himself to be God. Hmm. Who else did that? we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes. Okay. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. So they were already warned, but I guess they forgot. And now ye know that with what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. A lot of people say that that's the Holy Spirit. It might be, but you know, when Yeshua talked about the Holy Spirit, he always addressed him as he. Um, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only the one who now letteth will let until he is taken out of the way and a lot of christians will say well you know the holy spirit's being taken out with the church well okay well if that happens then the people that get saved afterwards aren't going to have the power of the holy spirit so that's that's a bupkis um claim okay um taken out of the way basically is um like a door is open so that there's free passage from one side to the other um i always envision like a um Uh, the gate of a dam uh, holding back a lake. When the gate is opened up, the water can flow. The gate's still there. And and the the analogy of the door, the door's still there. It's just open. Okay. Um, And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him who is coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Okay, it, it goes on, but I think we got the point. Um, so the antichrist, along with Judas, is going to be a man of perdition and probably a false prophet, too. Um, and uh, okay, now I want to go back here because there's a very this Revelation 13:6, a very interesting scripture. Um, And it says, uh, and he causes, uh, talking about the the Antichrist, or man of son of perdition, and he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right right hand or their foreheads. Okay. So there's some interesting words, causeth, okay? What does causeth mean? Let's go to a little thing here and look at it, okay, Um, to make, all right, let's see. To make one do something, cause one to do, to be the author of a thing, to cause and bring about. Okay. And then if we go down here, to perform to a promise. This is the one that really has me interested right here. Um, To perform to a promise, what would he promise people? Um, Right now, scientists are trying to learn how to extend life past 78, 80 years. Um, they're talking about making a new lifespan, 100 years, and some of them are talking about making it 500 years. Um, there's ways to do that um, that are almost, if not already, feasible. There's uh, transhumanism, uh, meaning that uh, we would our DNA would be crossed with the DNA of something else, maybe fallen angels, um, kind of like before the flood in Genesis 6. Um and also there's uh, artificial intelligence, AI. Um, there's, there's a lot of talk about replacing parts of the body with AI. Uh, you know, maybe an artificial heart, artificial intelligent heart, an artificial intelligent, maybe they'll hook something onto your brain to make you and, and to make you, um, make your brain work better. The way I'm talking tonight, I probably need that. Uh, anyway, uh, so, and then there's, um, they also talk about being able to download your consciousness into a machine, or maybe a robot. Now, if you read about Joel's army in um, in Joel, <laughs> um, he talks about an army that um, can climb over houses, and, uh, and they can be, they can receive a wound and it doesn't kill them. Um, that definitely describes something that's otherworldly to me, or... Or um, maybe mechanical, or, or electronic, or something like that. Um, artificial intelligence, perhaps. Um, maybe download, they'll be able to download a, actually a person's psyche into a, into a robot. Um, I, you know, it sounds like science fiction now, but so was going to the moon back in the early 1900s. So was flight back in the early in, in the 1800s. Um, you know, in the 1700s, who would have thought of a train? you know, something that didn't need a horse and could propel itself because it had a steam engine. Um, so the science fiction today is the fact of tomorrow. I don't remember where I read that, but, um, so anyway to perform a promise. Okay. Let's look at that again. That's real interesting. Um, aside from other things, um, to do to one is another one to carry out or execute. Um, to perform to a promise okay now we have back in genesis we have uh, adam and eve or adama shabba and they're in the garden one day and it seems to suggest the script does this script uh, the scripture does that um they were together when eve was to be begu- got beguiled because it says that she was there and adam next to her and um so anyway, um, you know, Eve is told uh, a couple of things. Um, you're not going to die. First of all, God said, if you if you eat the fruit, you're going to die. Satan's, or Lucifer says you're not going to die. And by the way, he wasn't a snake. He was an upright, shining creature. He could have been serpentine in nature, looking like a lizard or something like that, which is interesting because we have reptilians in, in the um, alien uh, <clears throat> fray of things. Um, Okay, so you're not going to die. God was lying again, according to him, because your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. So um, promising that, promising basically what I I was just talking about. You'll not die, extending the life or or transferring it from from your body into a machine or whatever. um, And you'll be like God. So that's going to appeal to a lot of people. I, I would say it's going to appeal to most people, actually. Even some people that are out there calling themselves Christians, and and uh, because of their are Christians indeed and not in uh, in action or or not in um, faith, uh, a lot of times that works to the detriment of people. Um, so anyway, um, that having been said, uh, what promise will? lucifer make to or the let's say the antichrist who's going to be indwelt by lucifer um, what is he going to promise well again eternal life um, you'll be like god eternal life you'll be like god eternal life you'll be like god you know um, those two promises are quite appealing and if i wasn't a believer in yeshua i might even go for that too but i know where that leads to okay so let's go back real quick so we have a promise. He's going to promise people something or causeth. So in other words, he, he promises something to all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark. Receive is an interesting word. Go to me. Um, To give. We go down here. To give one to someone as his own, so people would be giving themselves to the beast as to to be his own. In other words, he's going to start his own religion and have his own people, kind of like Yeshua did. Um, To be an object of his saving care. Okay. I'm going to cure all the ills of the earth. I'm going to make things better. That's going to be the promise. Okay. Okay. To give one to someone to follow him as a leader and master. Well, that's what the Antichrist is going to be to people, right? He's going to be their master, their leader. Okay, to give to someone to care for his interests. Okay, what's he going to do? He's going to make it so that you can buy and sell, trade, um, and all this stuff. So um, to give one to someone to whom he already belonged to return. That's interesting because when you think about it, people that don't know Yeshua do belong to the devil and everything, everything in, in, in biblical terms is a contract. Okay. Or a covenant, same difference. The Testament is another way to put it. Um, in, in a desert, um, you know, the Yahweh laid down his rules and regulations and said, well, you know, you can either choose death or choose life. What I'm offering you is life and you, all you have to do is obey these things. And, um, you know, they all, they all made a covenant with him that they, you know, we will obey the Lord. We will do as he says. Okay. Then they became the property of the Lord basically or Yahweh. Um, And the same thing is going to happen. You've got to remember that Lucifer or Satan does everything same but opposite of what God does, Yahweh does. Um, That's why you can kind of predict what the end days are going to be like, because you just look at Yeshua and you do the flip side, the same but the flip side. Um, Yeshua was the the Prince of Peace or is the Prince of Peace. Well, the Antichrist is going to be Prince of War or conflict, Um, you name it. You know, you just take the character of Yeshua and you flip it 180 degrees, and that's what the the enemy is going to be, the beast, the uh, the Antichrist, the, the Son of Perdition. Um, and another one down here to commission. What was Yeshua's commission? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So what's um, Lucifer's or Satan's or the Antichrist's um, commission going to be? Well, go into all the world and transgress um, go in all the world and preach, um, Lucifer preach that, you know, he's the, the real savior and everything else. So, um, like I said, just take what, what, uh, the attributes of Yeshua and flip them 180 degrees. Okay. Now the mark is real interesting. Um, and I've always wondered this, and it's kind of confirms it. Okay. Let's see to receive a mark. All right. Let's look up the word mark. It's, Karagma, a stamp or imprinted mark of the mark on the forehead or the right hand of the badge of falls of Antichrist. Okay, that's obvious. The mark branded upon horses, or you could say cows or other beasts of burden, so to speak, Um, things that are owned by people and have the the, uh, mark of the owner. And... um, even I've even seen online now that there's some people that are that are get, getting branded, um, whether by choice or 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 being forced to, but they're being branded uh, to be owned by the people that are keeping them. Um, and then also another thing is interesting: a thing carved, a sculpture, graven work. Well, another word, uh, of idolatrous, Im, idolatrous images. Um, what's going to be in the temple of uh, The Jewish temple during this uh, the reign of this guy, he's going to put his, his, um, uh, what the Bible calls it the, um, desecration. I can't remember the name of it right now. Sorry, um, but he's going to put his own image in there, or the the image of David. Excuse me, um, the image of um, Satan, or um, I think that the Romans set up an image of Jupiter, And when they. Change the name of the city to Aeola Capitolina. Um, but anyway, so we can, but I could see people getting branded on their right hand or forehead. I mean, what better way to show loyalty to the Antichrist, you know? Um, going through all that pain um, to show your loyalty to something, you know, there's, that's going to be honored by, by the Antichrist or the son of perdition. Um, so anyway, we, we learned a lot from. I exhort everybody, you know, go to I'm at blueletterbiblehere.org, okay, go there and just look up a scripture and look up the Hebrew or the Greek, as the case may be, whether it's uh, Old Testament or New Testament, and uh, look at the words, because sometimes what has been rendered um, is just a little different than what the, the word actually means. And this is interesting, too, because we see this today, that no man may buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the number of the beast, or the number of his name. And let's just throw in the last one. And here is wisdom. Let he that understand it, hath understanding, count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6, or 666. Um, so anyway, where have we seen this recently? That no man may buy or sell, say he have the mark. Ooh, that no man may buy or sell save he have the vaccine, save he wear the mask, save he does not congregate in groups of more than 10. Um, you know, it's, it's frightening that uh, this whole COVID thing, this whole Fauci garbage, um, is a, uh, basically a, uh, an anti-type, anti-A-N-T-E, uh, meaning before, before type of uh, what the uh, this whole mark of the beast is going to be about. Um, there's people out there who are saying that the uh, the the, um, the vaccination, the uh, the COVID vaccine, taking it is the mark of the beast. No, it's not, because uh, it's not the the criteria is not as strict as what it's going to be when the antichrist gets here. Um, and by the way, you take the the shot in the arm, you don't take it on the right hand or forehead. Um, so it doesn't fit the criteria anyway um, so let's go back and we we talked about uh, what was offered to Eve okay or Chava as it's it's pronounced in in, um, Hebrew okay we looked at that we looked at that okay all right now this is um, Isaiah 14 and um, it's basically God, or Yahweh bringing charges against Lucifer or um, impeaching him. Okay. Um, how art thou, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. There's the first I will. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's the second I will. Some people think that the stars are the angels. Um, so angels are often equated with stars. Um, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heaven, or the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. The five I wills. Isn't it interesting that the symbol for for Lucifer, or Satan, is a pentagram, and it's got five points. this is the five points of uh, Lucifer, what uh, caused them to get kicked out of heaven. Um, And and Yahweh continues, that thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. This is kind of funny. "Uh, They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth tremble, that did shake the kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof? That open not the house to his prisoners. All the kings of the nations, even even all of them, lie in glory. In other words, they lie in a grave in glory. Every one of them in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are that are slain, thrust through with a sword, that go down to the stones of the pit, which is Sheol, as a carcass trodden under feet. he doesn't have a good future (laughs) Um, thou shalt not be joined with them in burial meaning the kings because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people and the seed of evildoers shall never be renowned Uh, let's see okay prepare slaughter for his children for the iniquity of their fathers that they do not rise in other words there's no resurrection for them nor possess the land meaning they they don't Go to paradise, nor fill the face of the world with cities. Um, I believe he's talking about the new heaven and the new earth. Um, For I will rise up against them, says the Lord of hosts, and cut them and cut off from Babylon the name and the remnant and the son and the nephew, saith the Lord. Babylon. It's interesting. Um, in uh, in uh, Revelation, uh, the system is called Mystery Babylon, uh, also the the, the uh, false church is given a name, it's kind of a combination thing. I will also make it a possession for the bitterin and the pools of water and I will sweep it with the besom of destruction, saith the Lord of hosts, or Yahweh of hosts, the captain of the hosts. Um, Very interesting. So we see that the uh, author of rebellion will receive the same, if not worse, much worse, um, sentence that mankind received when they they fell in a garden. Okay all right I was talking about uh, earlier about the uh, that book um, the um, Dulcie book by Branston. There's also another one uh, called the Dulcie Papers, which is I think part of, I think Dulcie papers are included in the Dulcie book. But um, if you get a chance, and I don't know if this is still on YouTube, I don't know. YouTube's kind of fickle when it comes to things like this, but look up Phil Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R. Um, he According to Phil, well, he's passed away. He was actually murdered, um, and he was murdered right after he started coming out with this stuff, too, and they tried to say it was a suicide, but he had piano corn around his neck. How do you do that? Um... Anyway, that's usually a mafia way to kill people, too. I don't know. Um, so Phil Schneider and uh, PHIL, and uh, he talks all about uh, what what happened was, I think it was back in the 60s, or early 70s, um, he was a, a contractor and he was a, an engineer um, hired to help build underground bases for the U.S. military, and uh, supposedly they they burrowed down uh, around Dulcie and came to a, the, the drill broke through into a, um, a cavernous area. And when they went down there, it was him and several, um, I don't know if they were Marines or special forces, uh, army or whatever. Um, or it might have even been Delta, oh, not Delta, um, the seals. I really don't know. But anyway, a battle ensued and, um, I guess he got off a few shots, but, uh, what happened was I think the thing pointed this beam weapon at him. And if you watch the video, he's missing three of his fingers on one of his hand. He's just got the the index finger and the thumb. Um, And he's, I think he has burns on his body too from it. But, um, and the guy, uh, one of the special forces guys um, saved his life, but lost his life saving Phil's life. So, Um, but like I said, he told the story and he wasn't alive much longer after he told it. So, That makes me think that it's, um, it's real. Um, anyway, so let's see. I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to go back here. Okay. There I am. Okay. So anyway, we've covered quite a bit of stuff tonight. Um, geez, it's only been 41 minutes. I at least wanted to go an hour. Um, so if you, if you look into this, um, especially if you go to that Dulcie book, you're going to find out that there's bases all over the place, um, deep underground. And if you look, I don't know if you can still find this information, but, um, there was, um, a time when Trump was president where people were saying they were hearing booms underground and stuff. And, um, from what I've read, it was the, um, they call them the white hats. They're the good guys. Uh, they were going down in these bases and taking them back over from the aliens and from the, the wicked um, humans that were working down there. Um, and because uh, I know that I think they went into several bases in California and Mount Shasta and uh, even under New York City uh, they were going in. And, and uh, a lot of the times they were rescuing these uh, men, women, and children that have been kidnapped and used for uh, experiments and food the grays and you know, how you ask me how how do the grays well they don't exactly eat the people what they do is they uh, from what i understand they soak their um body parts in a uh some kind of solution that kind of dissolves them and then they sit in this solution and they they receive their nourishment through their skin and they they excrete through their skin too When i understand so um anyway um i know that's kind of gross but you know this we got to get out of the frame frame set that um, that everything's honky dory in this life, and that you know everything's a bed of roses and uh, you know uh, rose gardens and everything else. No, it's it's a wicked place this world is. As a matter of fact, they start out that um, that Dulce book by using that scripture, the dark places of the earth are habitations of cruelty. And uh, I've always said that, and it's funny when I read that, I was like, hey, yeah, this guy's run on. Um, for the most part he is, but like I said, when it comes to believing that these things come from other worlds and stuff, uh, I think that's bupkis. Um, let's see. Okay. So, um, did we read all the scriptures? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Let me go back to this. I'm sorry. There is a, some more stuff I wanted to look at. Okay. Uh, Michael Heiser, he's a um, professor. Uh, He's got a master's in uh, Semitic languages, ancient Semitic languages, which means Hebrew, Aramaic. Uh, We're talking about uh, Babylonian, um, Mesopotamian, uh, Erdic, and stuff like that. And um, he read in Scripture from Job, and... He's under the assumption, and I think he's onto something. However, I don't know how, you know, how much. I haven't really looked into it that much, but um, that there's a divine council, and um, and that the angels and Yahweh all get together and um, and convene this divine council, uh, whatever times. I don't know, um, but. That they do, and that, uh, um, that one at one time, time State State Lucifer, Lucifer was allowed, allowed to go, to go there, there, but I don't think he's allowed to go there anymore. He's not allowed to enter heaven anymore. Um, now Jim is under the uh, assumption that uh, that this battle in heaven hasn't happened yet. I think it did. Um, I think that they're they're cast down to the earth or to the the second and third heaven. No, the second heaven. Sorry, and. Um, And that's so they're they're in outer space around the Earth and probably in our solar system and stuff. And they're on the Earth. Um, When it says second heaven, it's talking about the atmosphere above the mountains and outer space. So the first heaven is like the atmosphere below the highest mountain. Um, my understanding. And um, so anyway, uh, yeah, okay, so the the divine council. Now you're going to, when you look this up, if you do, You're going to find that other religions have talk about divine councils too. Some of the ancient religions do. I think um, Gilgamesh, Epic of Gilgamesh, talks about it, if I'm not mistaken, and um, and some others. But uh, just like just like the flood, I think that the uh, biblical account is the accurate one, and that the Epic of Gilgamesh, when he talks about the flood and and other things from other cultures, are all. They're memories of the flood, but they're kind of um, contorted. That's a good word without offending anybody. Um, So they're not very accurate. They're all kind of, um, they they all stem from the biblical. And then uh, you ever play, when we were in high school, or grade school, excuse me, it must have been like second or third grade, we played this game called telephone. And the teacher would come up and whisper something to the first person. The first person was supposed to whisper to the second person, and, you know, the same thing. So if she said something like, the brown fox ran swiftly, by the time it got to the last person, it was like the brown bear slept all summer or something, or all winter. You no, know, it was totally, and it, it goes to show you how oral tradition can, can change things. And that's why the Hebrews were so adamant about, um, when they when they did a, like a rewrite or, um, let's say a Torah scroll got old and they had to rewrite it. Um, my understanding and what I think is true, um, they would very meticulously write every letter one by one and everything had to be perfect. If anything was imperfect, that whole scroll had to be thrown out and they had to start all over again. So that's a good incentive to, to do everything the right way. Um, imagine getting all the way through a a scroll and realizing you made one little error and having to start all over again so you're probably very careful but when you that's a written tradition when you have an oral tradition you know um, like just like the that game of telephone that we used to play in school um, things can get changed around and um, you know with the um, with the flood it was an oral tradition for a long time and uh, so things got kind of Screwed up by the time they got to to other societies and stuff, and because so, basically the idea of a worldwide flood is conveyed by many civilizations, but the name of the characters and everything else, and uh, some of the events that happen are a little different, or so in some cases vastly different. Um, but anyway, uh, so the divine council can be found in other in other religions and stuff like that, and um, so anyway, um, let's look at Joel. Job, excuse me, Job 2.1. And it says, And there was a day when the sons of God, which were always angels, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them to present himself before the Lord. Okay. So it goes to show you there that they, you know, that there was a congregation and, um, or a council and, uh, that they all got together to have communion with, with um, Elohim or El, El, um, El Shaddai or El Elyon, and um, they presented themselves before him. And they probably had to bow down and, you know, not had to, they probably enjoyed it. But um, I'm sure the devil did. You know, I read an account where um, what led to Satan's rebellion was that um, he was told that he had to bow down to Adam. And that he didn't like that because he existed before Adam and Adam was created out of the dirt. But Adam was created in the image of God so that when he didn't do it, he was also not bowing down to God. So anyway, um, so that's that one. And then we we can go into Job 38. Okay. And he's talking about, um, he's talking about, he's talking to Job because Job was kind of complaining and, uh, and, and Yahweh saying, you know, well, where were you when I did this? And where were you when I did that? You know, you weren't around, so how do you know what's going on? Um, so, let's see. Where was, I'm going to start with 38.4. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou has understanding, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it, or measured it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. So there we have the sons of God again. And this is where Michael Heiser gets the divine counsel. And, you know, he's he's able to read in the Semitic languages very well. And, um, you know, I usually don't take... Um, I usually don't listen to somebody unless I've really studied him. But I, I kind of know Mike. I've met him a couple times. And uh, he did um, put a, a word in for my book when I wrote it. And uh, he put a very nice word in, actually, that I wasn't expecting. So I'm not doing it, you know, saying this because it's payback or appreciation of him. I'm just doing it because I'm reading this because I think it's right. Um, okay. So anyway... There's a divine council, and um, Satan used to be part of it, but now he's not anymore because he fell. Okay, now let's go to Daniel. Okay, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was shown in a dream. He was shown a, um, a statue, and the head was of gold. The arms and chest were of silver. the um, this, Ah, wait a minute. Let's just do this. There we go. The head was gold. The arms all the way down to probably the navel or the hips was um, silver. The upper part of the pelvis down to the uh, upper part of the thighs was uh, bronze. The legs were steel or iron. Sorry. (laughs) I made that mistake. It's funny. Um, And uh, the feet were made out of uh, iron and miry clay. Okay, now real quick, let's go here to look at what miry clay is. Okay, first of all, iron, um, I looked this up in, um, oh goodness gracious, um, Webster's 1828 Dictionary. I use that whenever possible because the English language has been perverted so much in the last 200 years. I want to know what the word meant back then when English was pure or more pure. Uh, so it's iron, iron ore as a material of furniture, utensils, or implements, tools of iron. And iron has a quality of harshness, strength, and oppression, uh, figuratively speaking. So and that, oh, well, we'll get back to that. Um, now miry, because it said that the uh, feet were made of miry clay. You know what? Let's go back to here. Okay, so let's go, um, and the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh into pieces, and subdueth all things, and as iron breaketh all these, shall it break into pieces and bruise. Um, And whereas thou saw the feet of toes, feet and toes, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, usually it says miry clay, okay, Uh, the kingdom shall be divided. And there shall be in it the strength of iron for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with to clay. Okay. Now let's see, and the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay. So the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. The iron is going to be the oppressive part. Um, and then the last verse I want to read is uh, Daniel two forty-three. And whereas thou saw iron mixed with miry clay, there it is, they shall mingle themselves, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Okay, we know that the clay is mankind, right? Because mankind was made out of the dust of the earth, and um, because God formed it out of the the dust of the earth, us out of the dust of the earth, I should say. But they shall not cleave to one another. So they, oh, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Well, we know who the seed of men were, me and you and all of Adam's descendants that remain human. Um, So they that mix themselves with the seed of men have to be something other than men, right? And so then what David Jacobs is talking about and uh, what the alien abduction phenomena has been all these years is to create a race of beings. I'm not going to say people because they're not people. People always means humans. Um, and hybrids are not totally human. Uh, so um, anyway, um, so these beings are, are being manufactured because when people are abducted, they take sperm and ovum from them and then they kind of, It's speculated that these, um, these aliens, which are really just fallen angels, um, manipulate the, um, the zygote, I guess you would call it, um, and, uh, place some DNA in there of their own, and that's why these things can read minds and, uh, hear what you're thinking and, uh, and place thoughts into your head, um, and a lot of times they communicate with, um, uh, they talk to one another, um, Without speaking, so to speak, um, I'm tired and I can't remember that term. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, if you read David Jacobs' work and even um, parts of that um, Dulcie book, you, you see that these these beings can communicate without talking, and they can. Uh, David Jacobs was talking about how um, some of these hubreds, when they were sent to Earth to be um, schooled by their, their, uh, the alien abductees, um, which I guess is quite common. According to him, um, they take in all this information, but, uh, they, they have the ability to, well, the one guy said that he, he took one of the the beings to a a baseball game and he, the being came out with, um, a baseball jacket and a hat and he says, where'd you get that? He says, oh, I got it from the store. And he goes, how much did it cost? And the thing goes, cost? <laughs> and he says, yeah, you had to pay for it. He says, no, I just picked it up and walked out. And um, so he had to bring it back. And he figured, well, if you're going to, you know, have such a thing, you're you're going to be on my, from our team, because we're sitting in that part of the stadium and really don't want to fight. And uh, so they went back and got it. And when he walked out, the lady just thanked him for coming in, didn't even ask him for money because he manipulated her thoughts. And, um, so they're quite adept at doing that, and they don't care if you don't like it. Um, anyway, uh, so these these things are being manufactured, these beings, and, um, and with with the um, the end goal of them taking over the Earth. And so and we went into that earlier, but it sure explains a lot. You know, it really does. <clears throat> and um, anyway, so. Now, I kind of looked into, I've worked with cast iron before, okay? Um, you know, it's it's used a lot, or used to be used a lot in drainage, uh, uh, pipe drainage, and I think it's even used in sprinkler systems still. But um, we used to join, my dad used to work with it. And he used to do bell and spigot, and, you know, you put the straight the edge into the bell of the pipe, and then you pour lead in there, and it would seal it really well, actually. They realized that a lot of plumbers were getting lead poisoning, so they developed something called a no-hub band, which is basically a rubber sleeve that fits on both sides, and then there's a, um, like a hose clamp on, on both ends, and you just tighten it down, and it works pretty well, actually. Um, but anyway, iron is very brittle. Uh, you can hit iron with a hammer, and it just breaks to pieces, just kind of like the um, like the script the scripture says here. Uh, There should be the strength of iron for as much as thou sawest iron mixed with clay. Um, Oh, yeah, here it is. The iron that breaketh all these shall it break into pieces and bruise. Okay, bruise because it's in a statue. Uh, Let's go back to the statue. Okay. Interestingly enough, um, somebody has correlated these this image with with some of the um, characteristics of the beast in uh, Revelation because the beast in Revelation has four heads he's got the head of a lion, the head of a bear I think the body of a bear too, um, the head of a leopard and the head of a dragon and the lion is what they call the king of beasts so that's royalty The bear is something that's, it's got fortitude, it's got strength, it's got, it's persistent. Um, The leopard is fast. It's the fastest land animal that there is, actually. And the dragon is always equated with Satan, but the dragons, you know, in mythology are, um, they always would uh, go after humans and humans after them. And um, it's interesting that all four of these are predators, Okay, the lion's a predator. Um, it'll hunt humans and eat humans uh, if it's really hungry. The bear will do the same. I've heard stories of guys that were hunting grizzlies, and if they just injured them, the grizzly would double back and come up behind them and attack them. Um, the leopard is will, will eat people and kill people. And the dragon will. What did Jesus say? Or Yeshua said that he's, he's on earth to, to seek, kill, and destroy. And uh, the iron, iron and clay uh, denotes a um, revived Roman Empire because the Roman Empire was the iron, according to this, because you had the Babylonian Empire and it, was, it succeeded to the, or was conquered by the Medio persian Empire, which was conquered by Greece, which was conquered by Rome. And Rome never really disappeared. Okay, Rome, if you were to look here where the two legs join the hips, that's probably where the steel would start because when Rome started, it was uh, a single entity. However, when the church age came, uh, Rome was divided. There was the Eastern Orthodox and there was the Roman Catholics, okay? And it's that way till today, actually. Um, But after a while, the the Eastern Orthodox Church kind of got weaker, and um, that that empire um, sort of faded out and died, but it's still around. You've, you've heard of the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Greek Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox, the Syrian Orthodox, those are all part of that one leg. Well, let's say this leg right here. And the Roman um, Church was always part of this leg, or the Roman Empire, I should say. Um, the Western part of it, this is the Eastern part of it here. Um, and then they used to try to say that the Ten Toes were part of the revived Roman Empire in that they were the Ten Nations of the Common Market which kind of went by the wayside when the common market, you know, had 15 and then 18 and then 20 and then 25. And I don't even know where it is now, but member states. So, um, there are a lot of people like like myself that believe that the 10 actually symbolizes, uh, 10 kingdoms, uh, how the, um, new world order has the, uh, the world split up into 10 sections. And, um, Interestingly enough, when you read about that in Revelation, it says that uh, two of the kings or two of the kingdoms are going to rebel. And, uh, you know, if you look at the United States, it's rebelling against the new world order. And uh, I find that kind of interesting. And um, and there's got to be another one. So is it Russia? Is it uh, Britain? I don't know. Um, well, Britain I don't, is part of Europe, so that would have to be all of Europe, but, um, there's definitely, it might be, maybe it's the kings of the East, the Chinese, you know, maybe they're going to rebel against the new world order. Um, but it's interesting that Russia and China do not have a, um, a national bank, um, or I should say a reserve bank like the United States and all the other countries have, um, or most of the other countries, not all of them have it, um. So the United States, um, if Trump gets back in, will be doing away with that. I've heard rumors that the uh, the Treasury already owns the Federal Reserve, and that the Federal Reserve is basically history, and it's uh, we're going to go under the gold system, but uh, that remains to be seen. Um, anyway, what, what I didn't read is that um, during the time of this empire right here with the, the clay toes uh, and feet and clay and metal or iron, excuse me, um, that uh, a stone is going to be hurled from heaven and it's it's representative of Yeshua um, you know at his return the second coming and it smashes the feet and it's interesting because the feet, my feet, your feet they're our foundation that's what keeps us planted you know uh, It caught, you know we're stable because our feet work right um, man if you get one toe cut off it just messes you up um, That's why I heard anyway. But um, anyway, um, notice that the foundation is weak to begin with. The foundation of this whole thing is weak to begin with. Okay. So although the Babylonian Empire was very strong, its foundation was weak. And it's the human frailty that I think is involved in that. Um, You know, what good is this if this is going to fail? You know, Um, what good is this if this is going to fail? And it goes all the way down. And it does end up failing because when Yeshua comes and he strikes the feet, it topples the statue. And I think it says it breaks it into so many pieces, it turns into fine dust and is blown away by the wind. Very interesting. So all that power was for naught, you know. Um, Anyway, um, I really think that this down here, the feet and toes of iron and clay are um, representative of the mixture of the alien hybrids and humanity and uh, it's going to be so bad that Yeshua is going to have to come back and like a rock is going to smash this and that this whole thing is going to come crashing down and um, which I think is pretty awesome actually um, but anyway let me go back to here well, let me go back and make sure I read all the scripture oh no I something else in there I wanted to read okay like I said, I I was in I worked with um, iron before, and we even I even had a job one time where um, me and the welder were told that we had to weld something steel onto iron. It's not impossible, but you have to work it to where the heat is evenly distributed. Because if you don't, you're chink, and it's a break in the in cast iron, and it's no good anymore. Um, same with brass. Brass is a very brittle. Um, very brittle metal um so anyway how's i going with this oh yeah so i was involved in you know welding and stuff like that and um and so i you know when it comes to metals i i kind of know what i'm talking about you know not totally but uh, i'm not a metallurgist but uh i got on this site and it's a, a metallurgy site um the science of metal basically and mm-hmm. um <clears throat> It talks about, because a lot of people, when they think of the, the, the toes, they think of steel. You don't think of iron very much. When you th- and when people think of iron, they automatically think of steel, and that's not the, the case. Uh, steel is made from iron, but it, there's got to be things added to it. Um, you know, hammers and stuff are, are, have special alloys and stuff in them. And what they have to do is, um, when you're making steel from iron, you have to remove the sulfur and that's done by heating it up and adding magnesium powder. And it's blown through with uh, under force. And it forms magnesium oxide and the slag on the top. That forms a slag on the top, which is the impurities. And then the, that's removed. And then so you have a, a purer um, steel. Uh, you got to take the carbon out. There's a lot of carbon in, in, um, in iron. Uh, but you don't want to take it all out. You want to leave a little bit in it because the, car- the carbon... Um, makes the steel strong okay um and you got to remove other elements there's what's there phosphorus silicone um acidic oxide and stuff like that so anyway um you know those knives forks and spoons you buy at the uh, store and they're nice and shiny and they look like they're silver well they're really stainless steel and that's you get that from adding chromium and nickel to the iron okay and properties that resist corrosion um cutlery, cooking utensils, kitchen sinks, industrial equipment, food and drink processing. Um, you want to get a little stronger steel. You add titanium, and um, which can withstand high temperatures, and it's used for gas turbines and spacecraft. And if you want a really strong steel, um, you add manganese, and it makes it very hard, a rock-breaking machinery, some railroad tracks. Um, the points of the railroad tracks where they you know, the moves and uh, military helmets of all things. So of all iron if all carbon is removed from the iron to give it a high purity iron, it's known as wrought iron. And if you ever had a metal class in high school, um, we worked with a lot of wrought iron. We made shovels out of it and stuff like that, little fireplace shovels. Um, It's soft, and it's easy to work with, but um, it's easy to bend, and when it gets cool, it's brittle, so you can break it pretty easy. Then you have mild steel, um, which is uh, uh, 0.25% carbon, and uh, it makes it harder steel, and you have high-carbon steel, which is kind of brittle again, and then special steels. Anyway, um, so when you think of iron, don't think of steel, because if it was made out of steel and clay, it might be a lot stronger, but... Um, that would defeat the purpose of, uh, of having a clay and iron, because iron is weak to begin with. Uh, although it's strong, it's very brittle, and it breaks. And like the scripture says, when the stone hits it, this whole statue turns to dust and blows away. But the very foundation does, too. So, um, anyway, a little metallurgy for you tonight. Um, so, where do we go with this time? Well, we found out that the... Uh, the fallen angels and the guise of aliens are making a race of people or no not people a race of beings that look like people my contention is that what they're doing is aside from the the um hubris that they're making a um basically a um bodies uh human bodies that do not have a soul and that the um the souls of the nephilim are going to enter in because that's what the nephilim are they're the demons of the um Excuse me, that's what demons are. They're the spirits of the Nephilim, sorry. And um and you know, demons like to inhabit things, and what a better way to inhabit something than to create a body for a demon to inhabit that doesn't have a human soul in it that could resist it. Um and that might be part of the um the end time of Joel's army too. Um get out of this. Um, so anyway, um that's what I think is going on with that. To make the Huberts and to make, because the Huberts will probably rule over the um, the demonic uh, semi-humans. Um, and we're we're promised in Scripture that uh, the um, the Nephilim are always described as the Rephaim. and it's quite clear that they will not rise. That the um, th- at the resurrection they're just going straight to the Lake of Fire, um, which is good. So, anyway, let me close this out. I think I'm finally finished with it. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Let's do this. Okay. And we looked at this, right? We're finished with that. All predatory animals. Okay, we're done with that. Wow. I think we're even done with that. All right. Okay. Here I am, back again. Excuse me. So, anyway, we got an interesting future ahead of us um you know we can always think um like the pre-trib rapture people that we're going to get taken out and that would be nice i don't know how to convey this a lot of times to to pre-tribbers you know because i believe in that we're going to get taken out in the middle of it and i keep getting told that well then you're not looking for the return of jesus and i'm like yeah but at a different time (laughs) um i think that um Believers in Yeshua are going to have to go through a little bit of persecution. Uh, you know, my own feelings. Look at the church in America. Okay, um, when people aren't in church, they're they're watching Harry Potter movies, um, they're listening to ungodly music, they're carousing and everything else, and then they come to church on Sunday. And not all Christians do that. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people have these little areas in their life where they're a little off, you know. And um, I know that Yeshua is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And there's a lot of spots on the bride right now, especially in this country, this part of the bride. And um, so I think we have to be cleaned up a little bit. And, And usually cleansing comes through persecution and martyrdom. So every Throughout history, the church has always grown when it's been persecuted and been martyred. And why is America different than the last 2,000 years of Earth's history, right? Or the church's history, so to speak. Um, What about the Christians in China that are being persecuted right now, being jailed and killed? Um, In Vietnam, same way. All communist countries. Um, And the Muslim countries, look what they're, they're enduring. But the Muslims see that they're unmovable, unstoppable, and they see that and they, they're like, okay, I want that. And that's what we need to be praying for Muslims. That The only way that, well, not the only way, they see our actions, but many Muslims have come to faith in Yeshua because they, they saw Yeshua in a dream or a vision. <clears throat> the Muslims are really into dreams and visions, okay? And that's why a lot of them came to faith in Yeshua. Um, and, and to show you the condition of the church, the way the world sees it, um, I was working several years ago in a pharmacy down in, um, in California. It was a closed door pharmacy, so it was just us filling for nursing homes, boarding care homes, and stuff like that. And um, there are several Muslims working there. <clears throat> well, a lot of the christians and other people were in at a halloween party celebrating halloween and i was in with a, a roman catholic friend of mine roger and we we didn't want to go in there but first of all we're adults second of all we don't believe in that garbage you know yeah roger was a cool catholic guy i really liked him he's with the lord now i'm sure but um <clears throat> anyway um so we're sitting in there talking and this muslim comes walking through his name was abdullah i think and he says, why aren't you in there with the other people, and I said, well, first of all, I'm a Christian, I said, I believe in Yeshua, and I know he wouldn't want me in there, he's dead set against that kind of stuff, and I don't, I'm going to obey him, and not go to that, and he got a blank stare on his face, like, trying to compute this, you know, and he looked at me, and he said, finally, a Christian that sticks to his convictions, and I'm like, Wow that said a lot I think it said a lot to him too. Um, but see up until then he thought that Christians weren't forthright and they weren't honorable and they weren't dedicated to their to our God Yeshua and that's what a lot of the world sees the church as and um, unfortunately and um, so anyway uh, our witness has a lot to say. I know that my mother, my sister, my father, my dad, um, my grandmother all came to Yeshua because they saw me. They saw a the change in me. I was, before that I was a drug abuser, an alcohol abuser, I wasn't very nice to people, very opinionated, um, probably narcissistic, um, no, definitely narcissistic, <laughs> um, and uh, I came to Yeshua and it all turned around. So very important that uh, people see when they see the change in us from what we were to what we are now matter of fact my dad walked up to me one day and he said how come you never fight with me anymore you never you know when i tell you to do something you do it you don't argue and i said i got saved and i got an answer to jesus you know and and that's why you know the bible says to honor your father and mother and that's what i'm trying to do and about a week later he was down at the assembly of god church walking to the front asking yeshua to come into his life so, um, see things like that so um, be doers of the word not just hearers only <clears throat> and that's directly from the apostle Paul but um, anyway so what did that song say they'll know that we are Christians by our love but by our deeds too and works without faith is dead and faith without works is dead so you got to have both okay you don't get to heaven by works you get to heaven by faith but you exhibit your faith by your works so other people see it and they glorify your father in heaven so or our father in heaven um anyway so like i said we're in for an interesting ride folks um we're on uh probably the worst roller coaster in the whole amusement park and it's getting ready to crank up and uh there's probably some of you that don't want to go on the ride but you're going on it anyway um But you know that the guy that's running the the roller coaster has been doing it for thousands of years. He knows every inch of that roller coaster. He knows, you know, when to speed it up, when to slow it down. He knows when uh, the dangerous part so he doesn't speed off the track. Um, He knows the whole thing. So if you you put your trust in an amusement park ride, which I don't, Um, I trust in the Lord. Those things freak me out. Sorry. I just don't do it. Um, Anyway, uh, sorry for that noise. I didn't turn my email off. Um, Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, well. Um, So, anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and end it now. Uh, We've been on an hour and 20 minutes. That's a lot better than 40 minutes. And I think we've covered quite a lot tonight. So... Anyway, just know that a man of perdition is coming. A man of perdition was, existed in the past. I think it's a spirit of perdition, actually. <clears throat> um, it just takes over a person. and uh, But at the same time, the person's born to have that spirit in them. It's quite obvious that a person born to perdition is born for a purpose, and that purpose is not good. So, and, you know, we can get into the whole Calvinist thing and everything, and I tend to believe in predestination. So I, you know, I... I don't want to argue that tonight. Um, but I, I, I believe in it differently than most Calvinists. Uh, and it's manifest by the fact that Yahweh knew all of us before the foundation of the earth. And He's been he's here at the end of, of time observing what happened in the past. So by observing what happened in the past, he can go back to the beginning of time and know us before the foundation of the world. Because time to him is irrelevant and uh, linear time and space is irrelevant too because he exists outside of it and it took me a while to understand all that and hopefully it makes sense Um, anyway I'm going to go ahead and end it here Um, I'm going to upload this hopefully tonight if not tomorrow Um, I've felt your prayers I asked for prayer um, regarding our um, finances here I've recently retired this month the first of this month and you know when you go when you go from making a certain wage and living kind of comfortably to going to where you know you you're not used to you haven't been there i haven't been like this since before i started working (laughs) um so anyway that was a long time ago that being the case you know it's it's a little nervous right now a little um unsure you know i know i trust him but the the flesh part of me you know this part right here um sometimes doubts and gets anxious and stuff like that and uh i guess that's just part of the model you know every car has its inherent problems and that's my inherent problem and um, i'm just thankful that he's he's um gracious enough and forgiving enough to overlook my inherent problems and to cure me eventually of those inherent problems. <clears throat> anyway, I felt your prayers, and we felt your prayers, and things are starting to take a turn for the better. And um, so, thank you, really, thank you. Um, I know that you're a wonderful audience, and that uh, I don't know. I I guess we're big on Rumble. I don't know. Uh, somebody told me that we're, you know, we're quite, quite large uh, audience-wise and stuff like that. <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing like a Dan Bongino or, or Donald Trump Jr. But I'm satisfied with where we are. And if um, things grow, that's great. If they don't, um, then that's good too. <clears throat> as long as I reach one person, that's all that matters to me. Anyway, um, that having been said, again, thanks for your prayers. We felt them. And uh, I guess I'm going to say goodnight got church tomorrow, got to get to bed so I'll upload this while I'm preparing for church and then um, tonight that is. And, and then um, it'll be up tonight and uh, it'll be on Spreaker <clears throat> on the Delusion Resistance website, on Spreaker and on Podbean tomorrow sometime, so in the meantime, be blessed um, know that Yahweh loves you, He cares for you, He's got your best interests in mind and, um, and he'll work wonders in your life, if you let him. So, having said that, good night. You're in our prayers. God bless. Good night.